Good afternoon and welcome to St. Columba's Parish Church for this service of choral evensong for the Diocesan Award Service for the Organ Scholarship Board. It's an enormous delight and joy to welcome clergy and laity from parishes throughout the Diocese of Down, Dromore and Connor as we come together to welcome new scholars, to ask God's blessing in all those who are participating in the scheme and to congratulate those who are graduating after three years of study. We thank our guest organist, Mr. Graham McCulloch, together with the cantors and singers who are going to be leading us in our singing. As a diocesan board of Down, Dromore and Connor, we are immensely grateful to the hard work given by our tutors, Mr. Michael McCracken, the organist of Down Cathedral, and Dr. Joe McKee, the parish organist and choral director here in St. Columbus, who will be directing the music throughout this service. I do hope for all of you that you will be able to wait behind to enjoy refreshments at the West End as we share friendship and fellowship one with another. And as we gather here, seeking God's blessing and thankfulness in all of our work, we do thank our anonymous donor for such generous financial support, enabling the work of the board to continue year on year, training organists to serve in our parishes. And at this service, we give thanks for the gift of music and how it enhances us and makes us more conscious of our different gifts coming together to worship God in both word and in deed. We observe a few moments' silence before the introit.
I'm delighted to welcome the rector of St. Mark's Dundila, Canon Helen Steed, whose daughter Grace has just commenced her third year of study, together with Canon David Humphreys, recently retired Honorary Secretary of the Organ Scholarship Board. I welcome my successor as Chairman, Canon Stephen Fielding, the Rector of St. John's Parish Malone. We are delighted to welcome our preacher, the Dean of Armagh, Dean Shane Foster, and we do thank him for travelling to Belfast following his mooring services in the cathedral earlier today. We also welcome the Bishop of Connor, Bishop George Davison, and we thank him for his support for the work and the ministry of the board. The Bishop of Down Dromore, Bishop David Maclay, sends his apologies due to a diocesan ordination service taking place in Orangefields Parish Church. Our service will follow the order as before you on the Pew News and will proceed without announcement. If we say we have no <laughs> sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their souls. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant to most merciful Father for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people being penitent the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, 
forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy grace. O God, make speed to save us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall, shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Testament reading comes from the first book of Chronicles, chapter 13, verses 1 through 14. David consulted with the commanders of the thousands and of the hundreds, with every leader. David said to the whole assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send abroad to our kindred who remain in all the land of Israel, including the priests and Levites in the cities that have pasture lands that they may come together to us. Then let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we did not turn it to it in the days of Saul. 
The whole assembly agreed to do so, for the thing pleased all the people. So David assembled all Israel from the Shehor of Egypt to Labahamoth to bring the Ark of God from Kirath Jerim. And David and all Israel went up to Bala, that is, to Kirath Jerim, which belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the Ark of God, the Lord, who is enthroned on the cherubim, which is called by his name. They carried the Ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abanibad, and Uzzah and Ahio were driving the cart. David and all Israel were dancing before God with all their might, with song and lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. When they came to the threshing floor of Kaidan, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen shook it. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. He struck him down because he put out his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. David was angry because the Lord had burst out against Uzzah, so that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day. He said, how can I bring the ark of God into my care? So David did not take the ark into his care into the city of David. He took it instead to the house of Obed-Odom, the Gittite. The ark of God remained with the household of Obed-Odom in his house for three months, and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Odom and all that he had. Here endeth the lesson.
The New Testament reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, from chapter 9, starting at verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly, a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly, the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players in the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout that district. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father, Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under a Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitting on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Because the frailty of man without thee cannot but fall, keep us ever by thy help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Let us offer to Almighty God the worship in which we are engaged and particularly our use of the gift of music as God calls us to delight in his praise. Lord God, almighty and all-merciful, whom angels and archangels worship and all the hosts of heaven, in thy loving kindness accept the worship and praise of thy servants here gathered together who are not worthy to praise thee, but for thy mercy's sake, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we ask God's blessing on the Darren and Dramore and Connor Organ Scholarship Scheme and on all involved in setting it up. We pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit on all who administer the scheme today, its Board of Management, its tutors, its students. We offer thanks for all that has been achieved in the past, and we commend to God the work of the board in the present day. O God, 
who has bidden us to worship thee with the sound of the trumpet, with psaltery and harp, with stringed instruments and organs, and also to be glad in thee and to sing for joy. Help us to contrive by all means to set forth thy most worthy praise, that the art of humankind may be tuned to your glory. For the sake of him whose voice is as the sound of many waters, Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen. Unconscious of the many churches which are currently without organists, let us seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit in encouraging many more to use their musical talents for the benefit of the church and to the greater glory of God. O Lord Jesus Christ, who art adored by the holy angels in heaven, yet dost deign to receive the praises of thy church on earth, we beseech thee to bless and accept our offering of music and grant that the hearts of all who hear may be refreshed and uplifted to thy throne in heaven who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. And conscious that this service is focused on the organ scholarship scheme, we must not leave these occasional prayers without one petition on behalf of the many worldwide who are suffering through what we may call natural disaster. The flooding in Libya where countless lives have been lost. The fires right across Canada and in other parts of the world. And all those places where we have forgotten to mention. Grant we beseech thee, merciful Lord, thy help and comfort to all who at this time are visited with tragedy and bereavement and prosper with thy continual blessing those who labour to devise protection for mankind against disaster. Through him who both healed and hallowed suffering, thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And finally, let us pray for each other as we say together the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.
May the words of my mouth and thoughts of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. First of all, can I say a very sincere thank you to Canon Okmuti for the kind invitation to be present here in St. Columbus this afternoon. Honestly, it's not that far from Armagh to Belfast. Indeed, I grew up just really five minutes from here. And it's a great honour and privilege to preach at this annual service of Choral Evensong, celebrating the work and dedication of new and continuing organ scholars here in the dioceses of Down and Dromore and Connor, and also acknowledging the outgoing scholars to the presentation of certificates. The choral and musical tradition of our church is one of its greatest glories and assets. The gifts, talents and commitment of our church organists needs to be celebrated, particularly in a world where the number of such talented individuals seems to diminish year upon year. It is the saddest thing to visit an old parish church and see the organ locked up, unused and unloved replaced by a piece of modern technology which plays your hymn of choice once the appropriate code is entered. And yet nothing, nothing beats a live performance and a skilled musician who can respond to the liturgy and the theme of the day in an appropriate and sympathetic manner. Who can increase the tempo if the congregation allows the hymn to drag? Or who can play something which brings a tear to the eye of the listener or carries them to a higher spiritual plane. And I say all this with the admission that I am biased. As 23 years ago, as a young rector, I married my parish organist. (laughs) But that also means, apart from having once been a cathedral chorister, also having been ordained now for over 27 years, and now dean of a cathedral, I have a very good insight into the challenges and the joys of life experienced by church organists, and also an awareness of the particular skills required to undertake such a role. I know, for example, that when taking that seat at the organ console and playing for a wedding or a funeral, you can't let emotion get the better of you. There is an important job to be done. I fully appreciate that a church organist has to learn very quickly to carry a miscellaneous selection of music to all services for that moment when the rector suddenly and without warning announces the organist will now play such and such. 
I also understand the necessity of that unique skill that church organists quickly develop and indeed perfect, that is that withering stare for people who insist on talking in a loud voice during the voluntary. I know all those things. For a broad and a varied skill set is required for the art and craft of being a church organist. It is much more than just playing all the notes in the right order. Music comes from God. So therefore, when we sing or play music for his glory, we are offering our gifts and talents as a dedication and offering to him. Music is itself a unique language where we can express our emotions and praises to God, where we can communicate with other people, and through it can share the good news, the message of the gospel, in a very unique and special way. And from ancient time, music has been central to worship when people gather to praise the Almighty. In that rather unusual Old Testament reading this afternoon, we heard how King David and all Israel played music before God when they transported the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant, which God commanded Moses to make more than 400 years before David's time, was a wooden chest covered with gold and with an elaborately designed lid known as the mercy seat. In the ark were the tablets of the law that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai, a jar of manna, and Aaron's rod that miraculously budded as a confirmation of his leadership. The ark had come back from the land of the Philistines some 70 years before this, but now David and the people wanted to bring it back to the center of national consciousness, out of obscurity and to a place of honor in Jerusalem, so that the royal city would indeed become the holy city. The Ark of the Covenant symbolized the presence of God. And so David wanted Israel to be alive with a sense of the near presence and glory of God, right there at the very center of national life. We're told that the ark was placed on a new cart for its journey from Kiriath-Jerim to Jerusalem. And alongside it, David and all Israel danced before God. We'll not necessarily mention that bit, but they also joined in song with lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. And all of those musical instruments, that music accompanied them on their journey. Music was clearly of great importance when coming into the presence of God. This was an important occasion, as all sorts of instruments were produced and everyone was singing. Just like in a great service of celebration, when all the stops on the organ are drawn to make that wonderful sound, when the swell box is fully open and the congregation sing their hearts out. It is an image which is not unfamiliar to us a time of joy and festivity, and of giving thanks to God. The rest of the story, though, goes on to tell how things didn't quite go to plan. David and the people hadn't followed God's instruction that the ark should be carried on the shoulders of Levites and not placed on a cart. And so when crossing the threshing floor of Kedon, the ark started to slide off the cart, and Uzzah put his hand up to hold it in place. And in so doing, so he touched the ark. And as we were told, God immediately struck him down dead. This part of the passage says something perhaps about process as much as outcome. 
David and the people wanted to get the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, but they did it their own way and not God's way. And although the action of Uzzah in reaching out to prevent the Ark from falling was no doubt done with the best of intentions, the Ark could not be touched by human hands. And so Uzzah paid the ultimate price. And this part of the passage perhaps also therefore shows the importance of actions as well as intentions. As we reflect today on the importance of music within our worship, just as the instruments were played before the Ark of the Covenant in the presence of God, we too rejoice in the ability to make a merry sound as we give thanks to him. But our actions must match our good intentions. Preparation is paramount. All musicians know that. Practice and commitment are essential. In our worship of the Almighty, we must be always willing to give of our very best. We're to make music to the Lord and sing praises to him, as the Psalms remind us. But we are to do so, not in a half-hearted way, but with enthusiasm, with dedication, and in faith. And then the New Testament reading. We heard also mention of music making in the presence of God. The story told of Jesus healing a young girl and raising her from death to life. And the flute players played a mournful tune, a lament, as Jesus arrived at the home of the leader of the synagogue. But Jesus took the girl by the hand, and with his healing touch, he restored her to life. And reports of this then spread throughout the whole district. And without doubt, the flautists then started to play a very different tune. No longer a lament, but instead music of praise and thanksgiving, as they, with all present, celebrated the mighty power of God and how Jesus could restore life and hope and overcome even the power of death. Music is such an expressive language that transcends boundaries and barriers and reflects mood and emotions. It tells of the order and the diversity and beauty of God's creation. And hearts are stirred and moved to prayer and praise in hymns, in psalms and anthems sung and played well, just as we have experienced here in the wonderful sound here from our choir today. The music of the church can therefore be a great means of spiritual renewal and indeed revival. So to our organists here today, never let anyone minimize or devalue your role and your work, for you have much to teach us. You have much to share with us about the nature and mighty acts of God as we delight in church music as the servant of the word. The music in our services is not just about filling the silence or adding color to our worship, but can in itself inspire within us a living hope and minister to us as we come to praise the Almighty. 24 years ago this month, I became a rector for the very first time. And in making that transition from curate to rector, the sad reality of saying farewell to those who have supported and encouraged you in ministry over a number of years has to be faced. It's something that clergy have to do numerous times over the years as they move on from parish to parish. So there was, as you can imagine, a tearful farewell on that Sunday morning long ago. And on the way out of the door of church, one of the choir members said to me, make sure that you listen to the radio this evening at tea time. 
And at the appointed hour, I duly tuned in to that well-known BBC Radio Ulster programme, Sounds Sacred. The presenter was the much-loved Canon Noel Batty, who read a request from the choir and the parishioners of my curacy parish in Dungannon, wishing me well for the future and for my new role as a rector. And they'd also chosen my favourite hymn to go with their request. So after giving all the details, Canon Batty duly announced my favourite hymn with these very words and in his own inimitable style. The next hymn comes with the very best wishes of the choir and parishioners of Drumglass Parish. And what more can be said than, our curate is leaving, so we all sing, O praise ye the Lord. (laughs) I do know what he meant. Organists have an important role in guiding and supporting both choir and congregation in the singing of hymns, giving a good lead and adding colour to often much loved and often inspirational words of spiritual encouragement and hope. Remember in the gospel accounts of both Matthew and Mark, it is recorded that Jesus and the disciples sang a hymn immediately after the Last Supper and before Jesus journeyed to the Mount of Olives and onwards to the cross. At that most intimate and emotionally charged moment, they sang a hymn. It would be very easy to overlook that small detail. Okay, it's highly unlikely that the hymn was accompanied by someone at the organ, but music clearly played an important part in one of the most profound and moving events recorded in the scriptures. In that moment, when Jesus knew what lay ahead, a time of raw emotion, of love, yet also of sadness and of fear, Jesus Christ sang a hymn with his disciples. He knew that he would suffer and die. He knew that he would bear the sins of the world on his shoulders while nailed to the cross at Calvary. And yet before all that, he chose to worship God by singing a hymn to his heavenly father with his earthly disciples, making that connection with God in that deeply, deeply spiritual way. So my friends, let us never forget the importance of hymns and music in the journey of faith, as we live lives of hope, trusting and believing in our Saviour Jesus Christ and following in the steps of the Master. Therefore, as we worship God this day and celebrate the gifts and talents of our organists, our church musicians, and those who lead us in praise, let us, as St. Paul urged the Ephesians, let us be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with our hearts, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and to him be praise and glory now and forever. Amen. Now unto the King immortal, invisible, and wise God be ascribed all honour and glory this day and forevermore. Amen. I invite the congregation to be seated for the presentation of the certificates. I invite the newly elected chairman of the Organ Scholarship Board, Canon Stephen Fielding,
together with the new Honorary Secretary of the Board, Mrs Beth Aitken, to come forward to make the presentation. This will be followed by an anthem sung by Caroline Woods, The Last Chord, which will enable all of us to experience the new acoustic here in St Columbus on this, our first day back following internal refurbishment and we will simply remain seated for both. I'm sure this is the part you've all been waiting for and certainly uh, on David's behalf and on Tanya's, uh, that I'm sure that uh, echoes what, exactly what they're thinking. So perhaps I can ask them just to join me here at the front at the moment, um, say a few words by way of preface and then award the certificates. And before we do that, just a word of thanks uh, to your Rector, Chancellor John O'Committee, who's been uh, a great host here in uh, St. Columbus. I uh, want to uh, thank John for all he's done by way of preparation for this afternoon, uh, in terms of Coral Evensong, and also on my own behalf, uh, to thank Dr. Beth Aiken for all the organisation she's put in uh, to this afternoon. But nothing in comparison, of course, to the three years that these two individuals to my right uh, have done and uh, by way of uh, hard work and commitment not only on their behalf but on behalf of their parents and the behalf of their uh, friendships, their friends and also their um, uh, other family members and siblings who no doubt have had to put up with the organ playing and the piano playing through the house. Now we'll see. First of all, um, before the presentation, I want to say congratulations and welcome to a number of our Year 1 students, uh, Helen Neal from St Mark's and Dilla, uh, Finn Sloan from St Patrick's Ballymena, Rachel Smith from St John's Malone, and Laura Smith, also from St John's Malone. And to encourage those who are on the scheme at the present time, those in Year 2, Katie McKnight and Lucy Steele, uh, to continue the hard work and uh, to see it through to the end. To our outgoing scholars, uh, David and Tanya, uh, we extend warm congratulations, well done, uh, on completing this and, and being certificated now. Um, so we could ask um, Dr. Aiken to make that presentation to you both, and we'll show our warmest congratulations in the usual way. It would be remiss of me at this point not to thank one or two other people, that's Dr Joe McKee and Mr Michael McCracken for their expertise and guidance of the scholars through their term. And lastly, it would be of course remiss of me once more not to mention members of the board who are moving on or stepping down and to thank them for all they have done in many, many years of service. Canon John Ogmuthi as chair, Gerard Hill as honorary secretary and of course Tim Wilson who joins us in the choir today who served as honorary secretary for quite some time with the board. From a personal point of view, I hope that the scheme will go from strength to strength in assisting the vital ministry of music making in our parishes and pray God's blessing on all it undertakes to the greater glory of God.
Seated one day at the organ, I was weary and ill at ease, and my fingers wandered idly over the noisy keys. I know not what I was playing or what I was dreaming. to
just before I pronounce the blessing, if I may just take a moment to add uh, my own thanks to all who have been involved in today's service. It's customary in, in, in church that we don't applaud, uh, given that, uh, in a sense, all that we offer is offered to God for his glory. But I'm sure the congregation would uh, join me in wanting our musicians today to know that the lack of applause is not a lack of appreciation. And we do thank you all very much for using your talents and your gift to the glory of God today. We've been blessed by being able to share in this service. Uh, and yet, uh, the blessing that uh, is going out from this place is, is not for us alone. The work of the Organ Scholarship Board uh, goes far across our diocese. Uh, you, you can see that from the list of, of parishes. Uh, so people across Down and Ramore and Connor will benefit from good music uh, offered to God's glory. We're thankful to the members of the board for their careful work in facilitating this, to the tutors and to all who give of their time uh, to learn and hone their skills so that they may use those skills uh, to bless and to build up the church in these dioceses. So thank you to you all. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and with all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.
Thank you.